Hello everyone, this is the fifth episode of the Fan First podcast and uh, this is going to be a really super interesting one. Uh, I was actually a bit skeptical to uh, get the podcast out. Uh, uh, the first couple of episodes were recorded and I was still working on a lot of things and uh, just last week I posted some stuff and a few people have reached out to me uh, uh, who want to be on the podcast but this is going to be the most special one. I've been joined by... Two people who've reached out to me in the last week wanting to do a podcast on the Women's Premier League. And that's fantastic news because it's such an exciting product that's happened uh, and it's only going to grow. So really delighted to do this. So I'm joined by Natasha, uh, who's a UAE cricketer. Uh, she's been playing for the UAE since 2007. Uh, recently, she re- represented the UAE at the Asia Cup in Bangladesh. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm also joined by Avni, uh, who's a national-level football player in India. Uh, she's been playing since 2006 and 2007, uh, uh, for the past 15 years or so now. Uh, and she's now looking to move to Canada to pursue sports management and kickstart uh, her professional uh, life in sports. Thank you so much for joining as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Saurabh. Uh, this is just an exciting piece, right? The Women's Premier League has finally happened. And... Uh, I know both of you would be itching to talk about it, but uh, there's no better place to start this than the fact that the BCCI tested like mini versions of the league here and there. But the Big Bash has been doing it for a few years. Um, the 100 has has had this as well. Do you think the BCCI was slightly late to join the party? And how frustrating has that weight been for fans that you both are, but also as a player, uh, you know, uh, that we have here? So just talk us through that. I mean, maybe uh, who wants to take this first? Just go ahead. I think Avni can take this one because fan first. So let's just go for that. Sure. Sure. So I think it has been frustrating a lot. I mean, to get to watch women's matches... First of all, that has taken a long time to come on, you know, actual television. Uh, but I think as a as a uh, private league, as a as a league, we actually, you know, you get to uh, see the actual value of, uh, you know, international players. You get to see the value of homegrown players. It's been a long, uh, long time. It's totally due. But uh, I feel it would have been a very unbaked version if you could have come a few years back. I think this is now a more solidified version where you had, you know, a few uh, leagues before this where they, try, you know, kind of did a trial version. I think it's a kind of a, a, a semi-finished product, but I think uh, it's a long way through. But I'm, I'm glad when it's come, it's coming with a bang. So I'm, I'm really glad that this has happened eventually. Yeah, I mean, if you like, I, I, it's it's funny that you say semi-finished. I think that's that's probably the key over here to what you just said. Because um, if you look at the WBBL, right, I feel like it's eight teams and it's mirrored the exact same way. So you have the same fan base. That was probably ideally what I would have hoped to see, uh, where you have the exact same sort of fan base. Because right now it's scattered, right? You right. you know, if you're from Mumbai, like you said earlier before we got on this, you know, you have people who are from Mumbai but supporting Chennai, you know, for the man himself, Mr. Dhoni. Uh, but I think if you had the exact same 10 teams or maybe even eight teams with the top, the first eight IPL teams that performed, um, I think having that sort of mirroring image where you could have the same 
fan base, I think that would make a whole lot of difference because if they're planning to do a home and away format eventually, um, you know, trying to get those fans on board with teams that are new is very tricky because then again, you have to wait for a couple of years for that to sort of build up. So I think that's a, a very key element that you said there, Avni, about um, sort of having like a semi-finished product. Um, and I think there's, there's still a long way to go, but an excellent start for sure. Start definitely. And I think what you've pointed out here is right, that uh, it's taken a while and having something that is at a decent place rather than something that's half cooked is always going to be good. And the BCC have gone the route of creating a product completely that would do justice to the game the ipl has created that product and bcc has developed that over the years and Mm -hmm. i think they now know what needs to be done but what they've done right what i feel and although it has happened late yes is they've given the women's game what it needs Mm -hmm. Uh, it's got its own window it has its own teams its own auction everything feels very sort of centered towards that now and it's just great to see that that product finally you know being there but i just want to go on the frustrations of that i mean you must have seen the uh, the big bash and you know things like that develop for years and years and years but let me pick uh, a slightly different topic here as a player Tasha, if I speak to you, like how frustrating is that that it's happened now and not happened uh, maybe five years back or, or you know, somewhere where it could have still happened? Uh, how do you deal with something like that? No, just one second, sorry. Let me just bring out the list. Uh, I'll just uh, read that out to you. Uh, no, so, I mean, I mean, to be very honest with you, uh, when I'm just going back to the WBBL again because we had uh, an excellent opportunity sort of play with them. So the Sydney Sixers and Sydney Thunder actually visited Dubai and they played with the UAE women's team and we sort of all got together. We played with them within their teams and we saw how they sort of worked. And we had the opportunity to also speak to them. And that makes so much of a difference when you actually get a player's perspective from that tournament. And why it's so brilliantly structured is because it bleeds into the domestic circuit. So it's not just you know, okay, we have this franchise, we have this tournament, and, you know, that's it. Um, You know, Cricket Australia sort of are over here when it comes to women's cricket. You know, they, right now in Australia, they're probably, I think cricket is the highest paid sport for women in Australia. And I think, you know, for them to start that off, uh, a lot of other cricketing boards are, you know, they have a perfect structure that they can follow. And with India, with so many people playing cricket, and when I say people like women and men both, uh, you know, there's no dirt of players in India. You have people playing everywhere, you know, from schools to like gullies to, you know, now domestic structure and as well now the WP, WBL, but uh, sorry, WPL. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's as a player to see, because um, I played for Karnataka as well uh, in back in like 2014, 2015. And I actually have a few teammates who are now playing in the WPL. So to watch them on screen with this massive growth in their game as well and to be able to, you know, what be like, hey, I know that person. You know, we used to play together, you know, all these years ago and to watch them perform and to feel and to interact with all these big players uh, is nothing short of amazing. I mean, the frustrations will always be there because... We, it takes time, right, to get to where we need to be. Um, and I think if cricket has taught me anything, it's been patience because um, the frustrations will always take over. But at some point, uh, we also have to be thankful that these things are happening now. And I think right. it's, it's come at the right time. I think now 
because there's been so much focus on women's sport and not just from a a money perspective, right? They're thinking about growth. So that's where, you know, there's been so much of disparity because no one really thought about long term. So I think now that the WPL started now, um, I think it's just onwards and upwards. I feel like the frustrations will always be there and I can probably go on and on about that. But I think, you know, it's uh, it's definitely like good signs for sure. Spot on. I think can't go back and change what has happened, mm-hmm. but we can definitely look at a very successful WPL that has had its first year. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's only going to grow and it's fantastic for women's cricket in India. I just feel not just India, but the sheer amount of talent that has come through around the globe is going to be fantastic for the game in general. But let's just sort of deep dive into the first season. Uh, probably might be slightly late at doing this because it's been a while since mm-hmm. it's done now. But the setup of the first season, five teams, did that surprise us? Did that sort of come about at hold on? We've had some, uh, we've, we've got more teams in the IPL and these are well-established teams, but the Women's Premier League has only five teams. What are your thoughts with that? Do you reckon uh, it was just because of the first season and it's going to grow? Or do you reckon we're going to see a five-team WPL for a few years before it really grows into an eight or a ten-team tournament? What do you think, Avni, from a fan's perspective? You went for a couple of games, I, so what do you think? Yeah, I mean, five teams, of, I, I mean, I saw the auction also. It doesn't strike you, uh, you know, five teams are going to be, you know, less. But when you actually saw the people that were left during the auction, or who went unsold, the level of players that actually went unsold. I mean, you had Danny Wyatt, you had Stephanie Taylor, you have all of these players, and I was completely shocked at these players. Going unsold. So I feel there's a lot of potential uh, of, say, a seven-team or a ten-team tournament uh, where these players also come in, um, you know, and, you know, get to lead teams, get to experience Indian conditions, get to interact with Indian players. So that, that first hit of five teams didn't make a difference. But when you realize, you know, the kind of players that are getting left out, I mean, then, then you start feeling, okay, Okay, there's there's a lot more that we can actually do to this. I mean, just in terms of the uh, sort of uh, spend that the teams had, if you were to pick one surprise player in there, somebody who was paid more than what you thought they would have, somebody who was paid very less than what you thought would, what would that one pick one pick be? Oh, tricky. <laughs> I think most most I think who I expected. Uh, was Mandana. I mean, I didn't expect her to go for 3.2. And RCB actually, that was a, that was the first person who had come up in the auction. So I didn't expect right. it to go that high. Uh, and I, I think that kind of got neutralized over the tournament. Uh, people realizing and doing comparisons with Virat Kohli. But, <laughs> uh, I feel, yeah, I mean, the potential that she has, uh, maybe that's a good thing. I mean, that then the Indian players, you know, get to know where, where their target or their potential is. Uh, a surprise uh, for me would actually be two people. I think Haley Matthews, super, super surprise. Uh, didn't go in the first round and they actually bought her in the second round. And there was right. a complete, complete 360 change during the tournament. And I think second uh, would be uh, Sophie Devine, I think, uh, she was one of those stars in the RCB lineup 
but uh, her that 99 uh, runs innings was something that changed a lot of perspective so mm-hmm. i feel you know 50 lakhs for her was i think a very very minimal price that uh, uh, franchise would take do you have somebody else on that list uh, or would you largely agree to what uh, you know the names that have been put out there oh, natasha completely agree and also if probably for harman as well i think uh, yeah. i was quite surprised with her number cuz when it True. was finally uh, decided we were like oh whoa that's uh, i mean it's it's a steal if you ask me uh, yeah. for yeah. player or like her status and the way she goes yeah. about her innings i think uh, yeah, yeah that was a bit surprising for me I think what stood out for me was uh, when the auction was happening I think the Indian women's team was in South Africa yeah. and they were all in a room uh, watching the auction that was just pure joy yeah. uh, and it's just something that people have used this in the wrong way there's always been criticism of the IPL having the having too much of spend uh, you know players being you know sort of sold at extremely high prices but the money is that is growing the game massively and there's so much more that happens behind the scenes that people don't realize of uh, not only delivering the tournament but the franchises having to grow the kind of investment they are making at grassroots and uh, this kind of money is welcome into the women's game which i think for years and years and years hasn't got anywhere close to what should have happened and now is getting probably someone might say wow that's i mean 3.2 crores is a lot or you know generally the cumulative spend of a team is a lot but it's fantastic that that's happening because it's going to only help the game so much so just really really good you know thing to see that and uh, that one thing stuck to me is you know those players in that room watching the auction but i think we can look at you know sort of hindsight's a wonderful thing and we've got that because the you know it's done now but did the success of the auction translate onto the pitch or is t20 just a different beast altogether when it comes to that it's a whole other beast <laughs> i feel like no matter what number you put against it it's so unpredictable on the day um, yeah. and i mean a lot of people i mean sometimes you also need to have luck on your side like some days right. you know no matter what you say and no matter if you believe it in or not um if luck's on your side on that day anything will work out for you right. Uh, right. you know and it, and i think with if you look at the numbers of these players versus their performances i'm sure there would be you know question marks with like um, ashley gardner for example where she went for big bucks and you know her performances were up and down but she yeah. did have moments throughout the tournament where she saved the team or she provided like you know those glimpses of magic in between where people were like okay maybe this is justified but i think yeah. if we you know put a number against performances um like the IPL or the WPL i think then it would just i think it adds a lot of pressure to i think for players themselves uh without yeah. actually realizing um yeah i feel like because this was a first tournament this was a first of its kind this was you know the first time they're being drafted the first time they they're actually watching because technically as a player you're watching your worth right being plastered all across tv like okay this is how much i'm worth and you yeah. know this is why i'm going to be playing so i think uh after a first tournament i would say that as everyone would say everyone did their best but i think it's a good sort of um in a way not not attention but i think it's when you look at the games and i think the perspectives have changed for everyone i think that's what's right. happened because now right. no one's going to be like oh women's game no one hits sixes no one hits fours it's not hard hitting it's a slow game i mean right now if you compare 
the WPL to the IPL and look at the scores from before, or you see the run rate, or you see the way, mm. you know, the women were fielding. You know, I think that excitement level went tenfold throughout the WPL. Like if you yeah. think about a stadium being sold out for a finals, you know, those are things that you only hear Massive. in like Australia or England. Yeah, you know, so yeah. for the fact that that happened, like to, to hear, to just read those lines, sold out. Yeah, that's yeah. enough for. I think that's where job well done. You know, that's yeah, that's yeah. that's the ultimate goal, right? Where you want people to come and experience that firsthand. You know, women's cricket and watching. You know, women like literally they were flying. They were literally flying on the field. You know, so I think it's unparalleled I, I, I would say yeah and, and that's going to be our next segment we're actually going to talk about the experience during the first edition of the women's premier league and luckily for us avni you're going to lead on this because you've gone to a lot of games uh but one of my first questions on this is expectation versus reality uh <laughs> How did that work out? Was it what you felt it was going to be? Did it beat your expectation or did it sort of undersold? Uh, sorry, did it sell more and not uh, sort of do what you thought it would do? Just talk us through your experience at the games. Sure. So um, my thought process was that, you know, uh, people would just come in, uh, you know, have a drink, you know, have some popcorn and just leave in an hour or two. They just wanted to come for the experience. But I actually saw cricket fans come to the stadium. And that is a very, very big thing. So cricket fans to come either all the way to... So Brabon is in one end of Bombay and uh, Levi Patel is on the other end of Bombay. And you see the amount of crowds during weekdays uh, coming in and watching these matches and, you know, Cheering for their player, that that is also a very big thing. I mean, uh, knowing which player is playing, uh, who is on the boundary. Like, like a few of them, I mean, they, are, they were actually sitting and asking me, I mean, you please tell me the name and I'll shout it out because <laughs> you don't actually know the player's name. But they want, you know, you they want to be part of that whole experience. They want to transfer that enthusiasm from themselves to the players. Mm. And so, you know, a lot of them were, you know, sitting next to me and asking me, okay, which country is she from? You know, how has she been playing? And, you know, so that that enthusiasm, that uh, that uh, sheer love for cricket uh, was clearly evident uh, during, you know, both, both uh, the venues. And I think uh, it wasn't because only it was in Mumbai, we had only Mumbai supporting crowds. There was a whole lot of uh, other other diehard, you know, you know, like Delhi Capitals has this DC Tony, which was actually present uh, during the finals, and that was a massive, massive thing. So I feel that whole experience, you know, like like a cricketer who plays at MCG. I mean, that that's a huge thing. I mean, you have that whole crowd on your head. Uh, I think uh, that feeling, you know, as as a player, I would I would love to have, you know. That is a pressure you would like to play under. That's a pressure you normally don't get to. Especially, you know, in international tournaments, you only, I think, get it during World Cups, but not even that much. And to have that pressure from cricket fans and not the people, you know, who just randomly coming in, I think uh, I was completely amazed. And, you know, I, I actually saw the, the most striking part for me was one, men actually coming in, uh, 
you know they they had a ticket uh, a ticket price of 100 rupees which is for a women's game for them it becomes a lot because they they expect to be free but you know they are actually playing paying that 100 bucks booking their tickets coming in i saw a lot of families with young children mm. young girls and that was fantastic and they are actually you know carrying banners writing on their face and what not i mean it was it was completely baffling to me that you know this would happen in the first edition itself so i mean i was i was completely flabbergasted with the whole experience and that made me want to go back again and again yeah i mean you you spoke about the pressure of a player uh, you know for a player playing uh, in front of packed houses thankfully you've got somebody who can share those experiences with us cuz uh talking about playing in a empty stadium and not being sort of disrespectful or saying something not but uh, there have been games where we've seen uh and 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 it's happening in the men's game now as well but the women's game has historically struggled to attract crowds to the games and it's such a fantastic thing to hear now uh, you know that is changing but if i were to pick your brains on this natasha is what's the difference between a empty ground uh is that the same pressure versus going to a packed house because you did say just before we started that when you were playing in bangladesh last year you had packed houses just talk us through the experience of you know what is the difference yeah for sure um i mean when you keeping aside asia cup when every other sort of tournament that we played um our fans were our friends and family um, so you know you know they'd be holding uae flags and you know recording and chanting and doing all sorts of things that fans do but that's all we heard like that was a set amount of voices and to be honest the pressure doesn't change because at the end of the day you still want to win the game right or you actually keeping aside the win you still want to put on a good performance whether it's you know to stabilize the game or to accelerate or you know in whichever section of the game that you're in um so i don't think the pressure changes um i do feel like there's a element of um wanting to sort of showcase your skill i think whether you would like to admit it or not as a cricketer at some point if you have hundreds of people behind you and there's a ball coming towards you at immense speed and you have to put in the dive you'll probably put in like maybe 200% as opposed to like 100% if there was no one else um because you have that sense of wanting to show people what women can do i think that's where as a as a female athlete you have this constant need to prove yourself which i wish it wasn't there but it's it's an unsaid thing or it it could be something that people talk about all the time but that constant need to prove that hey we deserve this right and we have to work probably work 10 times harder uh just to get to a certain platform like the wpl now um you know i think the wpl is sort of like um the result of the indian women's team performing across different um sectors so like the world cup where they've had like really amazing matches where you know uh jemima like won the game against pakistan and it was like you know such a big moment where she chased this total down and um when they made it to the finals of the commonwealth so it's things like that where it's a broader platform right and it's not only that like how avni mentioned like little kids are coming into the stadium so now there's no gender disparity where you're like yeah 
you know, you probably have a little boy going like, hey, I want to be Harman one day. Like, I want to play like her. And that's what you want, right? Like, all this while growing up, it was like, oh, you're playing like a girl. But now it's like, hey, play like a girl. You know, there's there's such a big difference. And I think that sort of growth in mindset is what, that's all we need. That's all we've sort of wanted all our lives. So I think playing in Bangladesh where you had, you know, a crowd of like thousands of, you know, Bangladeshi men coming out and, you know, they may pronounce your name differently or it may come out as, you know, completely something completely different. But the fact that they were there cheering on just for the love of the game. And I think that's all we want, like whether it's male or female cricket, the same sort of support and backing is what we've always sort of wanted. And I think because of this now, because when I was growing up, as much as I had a dream to play for India or to play, you know, at a very high level, not from an associate point, associate nation point of view, but from an international sort of uh, test playing nation point of view, it was tricky for me because I had to choose between my education and sport. And I think Avni had also mentioned this, you know, when she was playing football, she had to decide between her board exams and, you know, playing the game. And I think that has gone because now you can see a career path, which I think is absolutely beautiful you know that you know as a you know as a as a woman growing up as a little girl growing up you can actually be like hey i can actually be that in like five years you know that i can be in front of all these fans i can play for india and you can play the game and then retire peacefully without having to think oh i need a i need a job oh i need to study i need a degree i think that that tension of not actually wanting to i mean that's not to say i'll tell kids you know don't study of course uh you still need to do certain things to a certain level but um the fact that you have that option and i can look a parent in the eye and say they have a career path in sport you know i think that's just beautiful i mean I, i don't i don't think you can compare that to anything else See, what what you say is so right and goes beyond the sport as well. Like, from my personal life, probably makes sense to share this here is, uh, my first child was born in 2021. She's going to be two in uh, two months from now. Uh, and when we found out her gender, it's going to be a girl. We were ecstatic because I always wanted a girl. Purely from the point of view that when I was growing up, the amount of trouble I gave my mom and dad, I didn't want, uh, you know, my, you know, like have a son and go through the same stress that my mom and dad, you know, gave me. But people have asked me, were you happy when you found out that you you were going to have a girl? And these questions still uh, persist within the Indian culture, within the society that we live. And it's 2023. Sometimes you've got to pinch yourself and ask that question. But the fact that you now, uh, uh, not only uh, sort of encouraging uh, young girls to go and play a sport that they love, but going and rooting for them, going for supporting them, somewhere tells you that things are changing and things could change going forward. And that's exactly what we want to see. And that's exactly what this whole thing should be about. But on a lighter side, uh, and you spoke about the frustrations, right? Growing up as a player and both of you, but... Uh, was there one incident that stands out that probably sums up in slightly funny way, not so, I mean, sort of, if not, that's still okay, but the frustrations that you had to face, uh, <laughs> something that comes to your mind? Um, I would have to say when I, so when I first started playing cricket in UAE back in 2007, there were no girls playing. So I was playing amongst the boys and uh, then eventually we had like a domestic school tournament and then a team was formed. 
Um, and there was there was not really much of a selection because there were just like 11 to 12 girls actually coming. So that was the team. You know, we, there was no concept of substitutes and things like that. But I think I, I, I clearly have um, these certain images in my head and these moments, almost like little gifs in my head um, when I was playing with the boys. And if I got a if I got one of them out, right, they'd be like, you got out to a girl? Like, what are you doing, man? You know, there were so many moments like that. And I feel like growing up, like the boys, and honestly, there are some guys who I still speak to and they're still like, you know, they're, they've been very supportive and they're very nice about me playing cricket. And they were always like that when I played too. Uh, but there were so many moments as well where I think they didn't, I don't, I don't think they realized my knowledge of the game, um, you know, because I used to, I grew up in a house watching cricket, like cricket has been in my blood. Like that's what, like, <laughs> that's what like Bollywood movies and cricket, that was like our thing growing up. Right. So most households uh, are like, that. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it was, I, I think they uh, underestimated my cricketing knowledge. So there was this, there's this moment where, um, so I'm an all-rounder and I'm, I'm a medium pacer and I was given the ball during an innings and the captain was like, you know, okay, just bowl it over whatever. So I bowl my first ball and um, the batsman missed the ball. And then I just looked at my captain and I was like, hey, can you stand at slip, first slip? And he's like, why? We don't, we don't need a first slip. Like, why do you need a first slip? And I'm like, just, just please do this. And I'm only 10 years old at this point. I just need to put that out there. So he goes and stands at slip and he's like, man, okay, it's such a waste of a fielder. What if it goes for a boundary or something, right? And the next ball, or maybe the next couple of balls, catch goes to slip. He catches it, right? And that was such a defining moment for me. Like, it's like this core memory in my head. Like, I think I'll remember this for the rest of my life because then I realized that I can't, I, I, I will never question my cricketing knowledge because I just had to sort of trust and believe that what I want to do is right. Um, yeah. And what, you know, so I think I, in terms of like a funny memory, I think unknowingly proving these boys wrong was uh, was yeah. the highlight of my uh, career growing up, I guess. But um, I mean, I'm not taking away from them. They were very supportive. But uh, yeah, I think. No, I things. mean, you're right. I think sometimes those smaller things, uh, you know, sort of get stuck into your head versus you probably not remember every shot of a century or a half century or yeah. a five for yeah. Uh, but you know these things I made him stand at first slip and, yeah. and catch came actually yeah, and I yeah. remember that but uh, just uh, sort of speaking on the same subject in terms of any funny incidences Avni when you were at the stadiums watching the WPL something that uh, uh, was kind of you know sort of uh, had a bit of fun to it but it also showed the kind of lack of understanding people have about the women's game so I mean, uh, as you know, I was I was in most of most of the time I was in the stadium, and many of these guys don't know who who to shout for, and they <laughs> randomly shout say Virat Kohli, they <laughs> randomly shout say MS Dhoni. I'm wondering why are you shouting? I mean, neither RCB is playing, neither CSK is playing. You don't see any man on the on the ground. He's like, I don't know anyone. Come you wait, you understand. And that's when I you know, actually sat with them and I, you know, told them, okay, you look at the, at least look at the playing 11 first and then you decide who you want to shout at. And then every time a player used to come to the boundary, he would just randomly shout, look, you know, if, if it's Dipti Sharma, he's like, Sharma ji ki beti hai. And, you know, these are, these are something that Indian crowds do, which yeah. are funny. And, uh, you know, but, you know, to get them to at least have the basic knowledge uh, for them to, you know, yeah. do the sledging if if they, if they actually want to do that. 
but yeah. uh, a lot of these uh, i would just like to point out a lot of these foreign players were very very supportive of the crunch i mean they were uh, actually a blast uh, to have on the boundaries uh, i had a lot of fun with uh, amelia kerr i had a lot of fun with uh, uh, grace harris i mean grace harris in one of <laughs> one of the matches said that she loves burgers So he actually took a banner says we love burgers to this, <laughs> and that actually came on. Fantastic. So, so these are you know those small moments that uh, you know we as fans would cherish. Uh, we had Jamaima dancing on the boundary <laughs> after every ball. <laughs> so I mean that kind of a connect with players which we've never had you know in any of these matches because we've never gone for matches right. Yeah. And that connect uh, that uh, people. Uh, the players appreciating us you know as fans coming out for them uh, that was a really really big thing and they were, you know they were uh, you know elis perry i mean perry was a crowd favorite crowd favorite i mean you you might have had uh, chris gale at you know initial rcb days it was the same enthusiasm even if rcb is losing by say 100 runs Elise Perry would be a crowd favorite, and I was I was so glad that she took it in a very right spirit. I mean, I know I uh, I actually you know saw her you know talking to other teammates, and she like how do I react to this? I mean, <laughs> because this is something Fantastic. very new to them. So I feel a lot of uh, for them. I mean, as uh, players, uh, I think for them also it must be very new. Uh, yeah. To react, how to react to such crowds? Because these Indian crowds can be very temperamental. They can be <laughs> very, very sweet, or they can be very, very rowdy. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad they got the the sweeter side of it. And uh, you know, it was, it was, it was super fun. I mean, lot, lots of fun with the players themselves on the ground. No, it's fantastic to hear these stories, and I think. Uh, uh, we definitely agree that the first season of the wpl was a massive success based on the experiences you've said this being at the stadium that uh it's worked much better than what you thought it would be there were packed crowds uh just a sort of sheer number of international players that have come through it's fantastic so going on to the next bit here and uh it's important that we talk about this is we've got a product in the ipl that has existed for 16 years we're in the 16th year of the ipl and it's set certain standards and i think there were a lot of uh negative uh uh things said about the ipl about the money about the you know the players uh you know the parties and you know those kind of things but ipl's been fantastic for the men's game uh the the number of players that have come through the smaller parts of india uh the kind of uh, pathway that it has given the indian cricket team is fantastic what do you see or where do you see the wpl's potential if you were to sort of put down into a four or five point list or if there's more it's absolutely fantastic uh or it's less as well but where do you see the wpl's potential where would you like to uh, see this go uh, if you want to answer that first natasha yeah sure um i mean the first thing that came to mind was the sheer talent that we saw come out of this um i mean the first the first two uh, names that come to mind are uh, shreyanka patil and uh, saika ishak they really stood out for me um during this entire tournament because it's just untapped talent that you haven't seen right and to actually see them perform at this level against um all these big names in women's cricket you know to actually outplay them it just shows how much potential 
and how much growth the Indian women's team has um, and how much we can actually expect to see from them. Because if you could, if you could tell the difference, uh, the, the main thing that I realized was that these players were fearless. They didn't really, they didn't really care who was on the other end of, you know, the crease. They didn't care who they were playing against. They were just playing to their strengths. And I think that's a trait that I think was lacking in the women's cricket team, to be honest, um, because that fearless cricket of just going out there and playing all these unconventional shots. I mean, if you look at Indian cricket, um, if you focus on the on women's cricket, it's very textbook. Um, you know, they don't, um, they no, you won't see a lot of reverse sweeps, paddle sweeps. You know. Uh, moving around in your crease as much as the other players do. And I think to see Shriyanka do that, to see them sort of, you know, be different, I think that's what's needed in this game. And that's where you can take Indian women's cricket to like the next level. So I feel like, you know, in terms of growth, I think it's just going to be tenfold. I feel um, this is going to, in, in a lot of positive ways, impact the domestic circuit because now... You know, imagine being a domestic player in India and actually being auctioned at the at the at the WPL. You know, I think that's right. that's massive. Like you're going from, like you mentioned, you know, people in the IPL who have come from really poor backgrounds and to where they are right now. I mean, Rinku Singh, just look at look at this guy, right? Massive, like look at massive, where he's yeah. where he is today and what he's doing and his potential. Like imagine if he wasn't given that chance, where his life right. would be today. So I think. This is going to create so many opportunities for girls um, across India. And I think now you have something more to look forward to. Because now it's like, it is difficult to get into the Indian women's cricket team, right? Because you have certain players, you have contracts in place, you have a certain level that you need to get to till you, you know, enter the doors of, you know, the women's team. So I think now with this structure, like they do have the challenger trophy and things like that within the domestic circuit. But I feel... Now that you know you have the chance to play at the WPL, I think you have a lot more eyeballs looking at you, and True. hopefully BCCI are more open to players playing in different leagues because that won't just improve players individually. These players will go to these different leagues, collect whatever knowledge they have, and then ultimately use it for the Indian women's team. You know, so I think that needs to change. I really genuinely believe that playing in different leagues across different surfaces it's very different to play in indian conditions versus australia new zealand england you know the pitches are so different the weather is so different um so i don't think we can have that expectation that wherever team india goes they'll perform really well because they don't have that experience that is needed in those conditions like you probably have three or four players playing but imagine you have a whole circuit of players going and performing elsewhere and that's only going to help them take women's Indian women cricket like further so I feel right. like you know there's uh, this WPL has opened so many windows uh, for so many young cricketers in India and right. I think it's amazing you've answered a few questions there because part of this segment <laughs> I mean it's great because oops uh, <laughs> no, it's fantastic because I think the way I see this happening is it's obvious that the women's Premier League is going to contribute towards the women's game. You're going to have talent come through and that's what the IPL has done. And I feel that comparisons to the IPL are only going to happen and I think they're fair because I don't think there's anything wrong in the WPL uh, replicating what the IPL has done because the IPL has been very successful for Indian cricket. Absolutely. One other thing that the IPL does very well for me is the entertainment. You come home every day from work. Uh, there's a game on, on the TV. 
and the way the games have generally been uh, run fest, which you said that the WPL had this year. So I just feel that there's so much uh, relying on that entertainment of the textbook cricket. Really, uh, that's not really go, you know going to draw crowds consistently. But you having a lot of entertainment with those games, those nail biters, those really close games that is going to bring people back every day to watch the games. But a part of that also requires the skill sets. And it's fantastic that now we've got a, a great bunch of international players who would come and be part of the WPL. We've got a great setup of the Indian players who are part of it. We've seen some breakthrough talent come in as well. But there's still a lot of infrastructure in India around cricket away from the WPL that needs to grow. And how much of developing that is going to impact the success of the WPL. You spoke about players uh, traveling internationally, playing all of the franchise leagues if they can to develop their skills. But at the end of the day, uh, where do you reckon the infrastructure within the Indian domestic circuit for women, uh, where does that come into picture? So I think if BCCI can manage to pump in a bit more money within the domestic structure and sort of increase that pay gap. Um, I think that will make a lot of difference because not only will you have players sort of having incentive to play, I think, you know, when you're trying to, when you actually develop, because it's not just come play cricket and that's it. You play cricket for like almost eight, it's like a job, right? For most people, it's like a, nine to six job where you you have to watch what you eat you need to train you need to sleep well you need to make sure you even rest enough so that you recover for a game because it's not easy to play back-to-back games you need to have a proper structure in place which i think they do have and you know i'm not going to dwell too much into it because i may not know the lengths of what happens within a domestic structure in in uh, in india but if you look at it from also I can only speak from an associate nation point of view where we can see the differences between what it's like playing it at you, like, you know, playing for UAE versus playing for other countries. So when we played Asia cup, we had an opportunity to, to actually have a full, like a 20 minute conversation with Smithy and Jamima, where we were all just sit standing around talking in a circle. And, you know, they were talking to us about, you know, opportunities and what we do and, you know, how the experience has been for them. You know, funnily, she even cracked a joke, like they're so down to earth. Um, Jamima and Smithy that you know when we were playing against India at one stage India was actually 20, 21 for three and you know that was like the highlight for UAE cricket because we were like wow this is happening like we got Richard Ghosh and we got like two other players out and uh, Smithy didn't end up coming into bat so Dipti Sharma and uh, Jemmy ended up playing the innings and they took it forward so at the end of the match we were like you know we were expecting you to come out you know how come you didn't and she's like I didn't come out because you guys would have gotten me out you know so she was so <laughs> down to earth about this you know she didn't have to say something like that but yeah. just sort of boosted our morale because she was like you know the you have to like keep playing day in and day out to get there and the difference here is that in in India you can now fully play cricket without actually having a full time job at the side wherein yeah. for associate cricket we can't afford to do that we all have jobs yeah. at the side we have to study we have to play we have to sort of manage that in between uh, because we're not contracted players so I think right. you know and that's where I sort of want to bring in this tournament called uh, Fair Break Global 
So I don't know if you've you've, you've heard of this. Um, you know, yes, it's yes, basically have, yeah. like a, a T20 competition, and it's it's sanctioned by the ICC, but it's privately yeah. run by Fabric Global, and you know they aim to sort of promote gender equality. You know, they they have over 30 nationalities playing in this. I mean, that's wild to me. And these are all female cricketers. So we're not talking we're not talking men here. We're talking yeah. 30 different nationalities all under one roof. So associate nations getting to mingle with you know, test playing nation uh, cricketers is is amazing. Like what it's they're doing yeah. is absolutely you know insane. And they just finished the the tournament just got over. But you know, we have four players from UAE who are playing there at the moment. And when we speak to them about their experiences, it's unparalleled. Like imagine sharing a dressing room with like Susie Bates and Marazan Cup and all these players that you've grown up watching. You know, um, and you get to like you know sort of pick their brains on how do we do this? What do you do in a pressure situation? You know, because all these players have been in really tough situations and, you know, that level of cricket for different nations to get to the same level, you have to mingle and play with each other. I feel like that's so key in like the growth of the game. Um, right. So I think from a domestic structure point of view, if a little more sort of, Again, mirroring of how it's done for the men happens within the women's structure as well. I think it it will just um, it will just take off. That's what I believe, at least. Yeah, no, makes sense. And I think one of the things we've spoken here is the potential of the of the women's Premier League. And I think if we break it down into just what we've said is obviously unearthing talent that that help Indian cricket, but globally as well, because uh, international players will come to the WPL and a lot of these players will get a chance to go back and show their teams what they can do. And it's just that opportunity that they get cannot be undermined. So it's not just for the Indian players or the young players that are coming through the ranks in the Indian setup, but it's much more than that. We also spoke about the entertainment side of it because at the end of the day, T20 cricket has to entertain. And we're seeing that with the women's game. Uh, The WPL had that. But Avni, if I can sort of... Uh, ask this next question to you is the home and away format and the IPL prides itself on that. Uh, from a fan point of view, I've been vocal about the IPL. They should make some changes in generally how the home and away format works for the fans. But just from the cricketing point of view and, and what you've seen with the first season, a lot of the uh, packed houses and a lot of the enthusiasm uh, persisted uh, uh, is 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 down to the fact that it happened in Mumbai. The entire tournament happened there. Uh, just talk of the home and away format next year. Uh, and if that happens, you would have five teams, which means five different venues. Do you reckon it's going to be difficult to replicate the success of that in maybe certain smaller cities as compared to Mumbai? Uh, or do you reckon it's a fantastic opportunity to grow on the success of the first season, take it to every part of India where you can and potentially grow the game at a rapid pace. uh, See the current five teams that are there in WPL. These are are more or less the same teams as as in the IPL. So if you see the only ones that are new are the Gujarat Giants, which is similar to Gujarat Titans. And then the UP Warriors, which is similar to Lucknow Super Giants. So, So... I mean, the IPL infrastructure is already in place for them. The IPL fan base is already in place for them. They just have to get it moving along. 
so i feel the home and away format maybe in in the next season or the next to next season where you will have a only women uh, fan base that uh, you know a pure pure uh, women cricket fan base uh will eventually happen but i think they can they can you know kind of uh, take that overflow from ipl uh, at least the the fighting that we have now eventually if it increases obviously uh we will you know obviously see at that point of time but i think the infrastructure is already in place so they can you know actually take this forward and uh, you know see if it works i mean there a lot of new things that you know ipl has also brought this year so uh, they also trying and testing different different things so i think the Im- impact player is something that is actually beautifully played in this yeah. this year's tournament so that is that that is something that actually could come into play love it i uh, absolutely love women's it women's cricket so where you will have a lot of uh, uh, indian players also getting opportunities uh, to play um, play the role that they are you know working for or they they want to achieve so i think uh, i mean this is again yeah uh, a trial and test phase phase uh, for uh, bcci uh, and anything is going to go upwards only yeah. so even if they don't take it so say home and away they continue to do it in mumbai it's going to be the same level of enthusiasm that is going to come in uh, but again you know this is just base yeah. anything you put forward is just going to be a cherry on top yeah absolutely and i think things have slightly changed in india now as well right i think spectators at a cricket venue for ipl wpl is supremely important i think it's paramount to the success of the tournament but let's not undermine the whole scenario in india with uh, the star sports versus the geo broadcast thing that is going on uh, there's a game just last week uh, which is watched by 2.2 crore people in india so even if the wpl uh, might not be a sell out at every single game it's not the end of the world i don't think ipl sells out at every single game because i know for a fact that franchises like king kings 11 punjab don't sell out mohali every single game uh, it's po- it's pretty much not possible for the uh, the titans to sell sell out amdabad which is a huge you know you know ground now as well and the big games when uh, in the ipl when a bangalore shows up at your doorstep you know cause of king kohli and when a csk shows up uh, you know mahendra singh dhoni those kind of you know games will pull the crowd and i think the sheer talent will obviously bring people to the grounds but uh, i i i still reckon that the home and away is the best version of the ipl and i think the home and away will become the best version of the women's premier league and the sooner that happens it would be fantastic uh and i think there's still uh, you know the sort of the world of content the instagrams the social media uh, the power of mobile that we're seeing now in sport generally is still going to help you you know your sponsorships your uh you know all of those kind of things that will help the game grow so i'd actually be very interested to see how that you know goes next year and just talking about the window of the ipl and this is a question for both of you is we spoke about this at the start of the podcast as well the wbbl had a uh, a format where the women's game would run parallel to the men's tournament but the bcci has gone the route of uh the women's tournament getting its own window and i think it's fantastic but do you reckon uh 
the cricket festival in India, is there a scope to culminate everything that happens within those two months? Because I'm only questioning this from point of view is that till what level can you test the appetite of a fan? Uh, I personally don't mind it. I don't think my wife's going to like it because there's something on the TV every single evening. Uh, but do you reckon that there is benefit to bring those two together like the WBBL has done? Or do you reckon it's it's fantastic for the game, uh, the women's game and the WPL to grow on its own with its own window? Um, I feel like having its own window has its own perks, to be very honest. I feel like we haven't gotten to that stage where consumers would actually watch women's cricket over men's cricket just yet. So right. if you have these games parallel to each other, you know, even speaking from a, a fan like myself, like I love Dhoni, love Kohli. So when their games are on, um, I'll always put it on and always watch it. Um, even Rajasthan Royals for that matter. But if there was a CSK versus, and this is a question for both of you as well, if there was a CSK versus RCB game going on, like we watched yesterday, and there was a WPR game going on at the same time, simultaneously, honest to heart, like, which game I would, would be you putting on play? both of them? I mean, yeah. Again. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if from a broader perspective, I feel like, the true fans yeah. would watch WPL, but I feel like the numbers would be very different. And I think that's that, that'll be a struggle to maintain long term. So I think giving the women their own spotlight works a lot more better, especially because they are also using different grounds. You know, right. not the same grounds that the men are using. So I feel like if they want to have it at the same time, it is possible, but then it would come down to the WPL really relying on other prospects like you know they can probably think of ott platforms and things like that but from a business point of view i don't think it will work out long term and that's right. what that's what the franchisees will look for as well right like how can they you know make you know extract the most amount of um sort of money and potential from these matches so i think giving it its own window maybe not yeah. even back to back because you said it's a lot of cricket right it's a lot of cricket back yeah. to back and we it starts from jan like now you have ilt20 you have the south africa <laughs> league you have so many leagues coming in uh, and now you have wpl then you have this and then you have the 100 and then you know it's 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 crazy we, so let's think, not forget yeah. the icc is trying to put in tournaments left right and center into yeah, the exactly. uh, both the men's and the women's calendar because it's all about the sponsorships yeah. and making the most out of it so yeah. uh that's 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 where really my question was from. But do you have anything to add on that, Avni? Yeah, I think uh, they've got the perfect window uh, this time. Started in March, uh, beginning of March, ended just before IPL. Because I feel if it happens, say, a simultaneous, like a 3.30 and a 7.30 game, uh, honestly, Indian consumers are not yet ready. There's, there's some kind of an opportunity cost that is associated with you were giving four hours to a match uh, to watch in a stadium. So a four-hour women's match and a four-hour men's match will be like eight hours more than you know the time you're giving to that. So uh, I think uh, they've got the perfect uh, window where you are just entering into the IPL phase, where people are just getting excited, where you know they started looking at their dream eleven, uh, you know, teams and you know building up their teams and you know discussions and all of this is happening. And that's when, you know, WPL hits and you're like, okay, there's one more tournament coming. 
and that's where you know you kind of trying to get that crowd to pull in so i think uh during ipl it doesn't make sense after ipl you know it kind of fizzles out but i think before ipl is like a perfect perfect window where you're just catching the attention of people and eventually peaks when ipl is about to come so i feel you know they've caught the the perfect uh, area it's an exciting time to be an indian cricket fan i just feel like uh for years we we've, we've had the ipl we watched our men uh, you know go to the world cups and uh similarly do well but not win for a long time but i think uh just the kind of talent that comes through and just the stories that are being created is fantastic and we should all be excited that it's finally happening for the women's cricket in the country we've got a league uh and i think the league's been done right in its first year like we've spoken uh you know there's a lot of factors that pointed uh uh to something that is really going to grow into what everyone wants it to be it's going to provide us a lot of entertainment uh next year we're going to hopefully have the home and away format which is going to mean that we're going to enjoy the league in its full glory uh and i think it's going to be a case where we're going to wait for this league to come around and uh, there's going to be that sort of sad you know that you know sadness that we see when ipl is over we're like okay what next and uh we're going to go back to the bilaterals now uh uh but i think it's going to happen and it's just a fantastic place for indian cricket for women's cricket uh and me just as a father you know who has a 2 year old girl uh i couldn't be happier that she's going to grow at a perfect time where i look forward to take her to the games not just here in the uae but you know hopefully in the wpl and uh, not just tell her stories about rohit sharma or mahendra singh dhoni but talk about the smriti mandanas the uh, you know all of the players that are there and we're going to have so many more of them that are going to come through this fantastic to- to- uh, you know fantastic tournament so on that note uh, really grateful for this really thankful for your time uh, i've absolutely enjoyed this it's within the last hour i've learned so much uh, uh, just sort of understood the game understood like a fan's perspective a player's perspective so much and i think there's room for so much more that we all could do together uh, not just on the women's game but sport in general but uh, i would really love for both of you to be back on the fan first podcast so uh, on that note big 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 thank you uh, and i will see you soon